Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to Chabura Public Shiur. Tonight we will be exploring the nature of Berachot, what is their purpose, their importance, and so on. Uh, leading us is our Rosh Bet Midrash, Senior Rabbi of the S&P, Rabbi Joseph Dweck. Uh, for those who don't know, a few weeks ago, the Chabura's publishing house has published a new book, Understanding Chazal, and I highly recommend all to get themselves a copy, uh, which is available on our website and on Amazon. And Chabura members are eligible to have a copy shipped to them for free. Uh, just make sure to send in an email with your shipping address and it'll be sent immediately. And if you're not yet a member, I highly recommend to check that out, not only to take full advantage of what we do, but also to be part of it. Uh, with that said, thank you so much, everyone, for being here and for all those who will be watching after. And Rebi, it is always a privilege to have you with us and the floor is yours. Thank you so much, Rab Ohad, as always. And thank you so much for your continued dedication in Imunah, in uh, in and making sure that the online shiurim are properly cared for and introduced and set up. So, And thank you everyone for coming on this evening and for all those who will be listening eventually, I hope, uh, later on. I wanted to speak about a, a an issue or concept that I think, uh, not just that people kind of tend to misunderstand a bit, but rarely think about it all uh, in any considerable way. It's not something that I hear engaged in dialogue with a lot. So I thought that we would do it tonight. And one of the reasons that I'm do I'm thinking to do it tonight is because we we just came past Rosh Chodesh Shvat, and Tu Bishvat is coming along in a couple of weeks, and it is minhag of many to uh, have all different kinds of fruits on Tu Bishvat, which I think is a lovely minhag and uh, say berachot on all these fruits. And so it's a, it's a time where we can kind of, you know, uh, signal for ourselves a review of the laws of berachot, which are uh, quite intricate and not easy. They might seem easy, but they are not easy. And so what I wanted to do tonight is to look at the concept of berachot. Right? What are they meant to be? Right? How are we supposed to think about what a berachah is? And, you know, they are so ubiquitous in our religious lives. I mean, we the Achamim say that, that they establish halacha that we're supposed to say 100 berachot every day. And that if you miss 100 berachot, you have to figure out how to fill it in. You know, how are you supposed to, to, to get to the quota? So like on, on Shabbat, where the berachot that we would say normally in the tefillah are curtailed severely because we we go from... Uh, 19 berachot in a typical amidah to 7 berachot. There's a whole men, a bunch of berachot that have to be filled in. How do we do that? And uh, many of the poskim write that you're allowed to say berachot uh, that we otherwise wouldn't say um, in certain situations. Berachah You know, like if you, for example, halacha uh, is that if you have a, a you know, a, a drink in one room, and you say the bracha, and you go into another room of your house, do you have to say another bracha on the drink that you have there? Or if you have, you know, you had kabana that you wanted to have a drink later on, normally we would say no, because uh, you have in mind, and it's in the same house, it's in the same it's in the same uh, vicinity, but there are others who hold that you should say a bracha. Maran Shanaruch is posek that way, but normally you say safek brachot lehakeh, that when there's arguments or or doubts with regards to whether to say berachah or not, we don't. But on Shabbat, for example, where we have to fulfill 100 berachot, we say, no, say the berachah. Go ahead, rely on Maran and say the berachah. And we try to say berachot on Bisamim Hamavadiyah Zatzal. He was makpid 
Uh, I saw him do a few things in order to be able to fill me'a birachot. Uh, but he was makpid uh, to say all different, before he would do netilat yadayim for, for hamotzi on Shabbat, he would have uh, besamim, all different birachot to besamim. And he would say beracha on each one of them before doing netilat yadayim, after kiddush, before netilat yadayim, to fulfill uh, the quota of the me'a birachot that achamim require of us on a daily basis. So he would say, borei minei besamim, borei besamim, besamim, and so on and so forth. So I only say that because, again, to highlight and reiterate the fact that birachot are a major part of our Jewish lives as the hachamim established it. Now, interestingly enough, if you look at the Berachot in terms of the Deoraita level of things, right? What did the Torah do with regards to Beracha? There's only one. Uh, some of the poskim, some of the Rishonim hold that there are two according to the Torah, that which, will, which uh, we can see. But the, the poskim, Sfaradim, Harambam, Maran Shahan Aruch, both hold that there is only one Beracha that is Deoraita. That is a commanded to us from the Torah. That, of course, is Berkat Hamazon. As I said, some of the Rishonim hold that the Berchot of the Torah are also a Deoraita, but we're not posek that way. Tzvaradim are not posek that way. Only Berkat Amazon Deoraita and requires us in Beracha. And so that's already a signal for us, because if we want to understand how it is that the Torah relates to Berachot in general, it would be a good idea to look at the one Beracha that the Torah actually commands and what is the context of that Beracha and how it is that we relate to it. So what I'd like to do with you tonight is to look at that, right? What is the concept of a Beracha? How are we supposed to relate to it? What does it mean to us? Um, and uh, and hopefully to be able to 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 bring some awareness, uh, to bring some awareness to that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share the screen. And we'll have a bit a look at some of the sources. I will also uh, let me see that copy of that, and I'll put that. Right, let me do this. Sorry, I put that in the chat. I'll put the uh, if you want to pull it up on your own computer. There's the link to the source sheet. <clears throat> and if we have a look. Uh, one thing that's important to recognize is that not only are birachot so uh, ubiquitous in our in our religious observance and, and liturgy, the Hachamim Rabbi Nasi decided to open Torah Sheba Al-Peh with birachot, right? So you think about the Mishnah that uh, Rabbi Uda Nasi uh, put together. He begins it with Masechet Birachot. So the, the opening of Torah Sheba'al Peh is with Berachot. And even though Masichet Berachot essentially begins with the Kariyat Shema, it goes very quickly into the details of the laws of Berachot. And we'll look at, uh, at least in my opinion, one reason why even Masichet Berachot begins with Kariyat Shema. So Harambam, as he did in the Hakdamat of the Perusha Mishnah, gave reasons why. Rabbi, Rabbi Udah Nasi, ordered the Mishnah in the manner that he did, both in terms of the Sidarim and in terms of the Masechtot, right? So why Seder, uh, why Seder Zra'im before Seder Mo'ed, and why Masechet Berachot before the Masechtot that come after it, that are all Tiluyot Ba'aretz. And Harambam writes in the Perusha Mishnah and the Haktaman, if I can ask everybody to please make sure that you're muted, Vahel B'Seder Zra'im. Right, he started with the seder of Zeraim, which literally means Zeraim is literally seeds, right? The planting of seeds, which deals with produce, right? Which deals with the tilling of the land, the working of the land, the growing of the produce of the land, 
that major that's majorly uh, affecting our relationship to the Aretz itself, to Eretz Yisrael. There are many reasons that could be given for that. You could say, well, of course they started with Zirayim. I mean, the entire Brit of Avraham Avinu is based on Akadosh Baruch Hu's promise to give Avraham land. So if we're going to start with Torah Shebaal Peh, why not start with the issues that have to do with the land? That's not what Harambam says. Harambam says the following. He says, He started with the Seder of Zeraim because it deals with the specific mitzvot that apply to the produce of the land. And the produce of the land, of course, is the source of sustenance of all living things. Right? Just give sustenance to all living things. It is our, it is our, or as we would say in English, you know, our daily bread. So bread, for example, right, the staff of life, as it is called, right, it is a symbol. It is a symbol of the produce of the earth, which is why we will say in the Biracha that we say on bread, right? He brings it out of the out of the earth. So the produce of the earth is our sustenance, and then Arambam says bechol zeman. So Harambam says, if a person is not gaining sustenance through his produce, right, through the produce of the earth, he is incapable of serving God in any way, of all ways that are possible to serve God. Right? So, if a per- so Harambam is essentially saying, that if a person is not sustained appropriately, a person is not gaining nutrition appropriately, they are incapable of being able to serve God in any pr- practical way at all, right? So, so what is Harambam pointing out over here? He's saying, look, I mean, as far as our engagement with God is concerned, which essentially is avodah, right? This is a question of our service to God. Uh, the only way that we can do it is in order to be able to take care of ourselves nutritionally, right? There are various other aspects that are important, but it, it starts with just being able to provide nutrition, which of course, Harambam, uh, you know, is alluding to Maslow's uh, hierarchy, right, of needs, even though Maslow came a long, long, long time after Harambam, right? But nonetheless, he's speaking the same language here because what Maslow points out is that a human need develops progressionally, which means that the the needs of human beings and the goals and desires of human beings begin at a certain base and then develop and then develop uh, uh, qualitatively up. What are the base needs of a human being? Sustenance. We don't have fuel. If we don't have energy, we die. And so, uh, I mean, you know, as Maslow himself wrote, we all, you know, in the first world are never really hungry. We might have appetite. Yeah. So when, when we say, oh, I'm so hungry, we're, it's a bit of a misnomer. Yeah. It's, we borrow the term. We basically are saying, you know, I have an appetite to eat. <laughs> that's that's really what is it we're saying. But hunger is a whole other thing. Hunger is where you are, are lacking nourishment and you cannot find, God forbid, a person cannot find it and is, and is incapable of achieving it. And when a person, God forbid, really is in a state of hunger, there is only one thing that that person thinks of, and that is eating.
and finding food. And the entire world becomes food and not food possibilities of eating and not eating. Not only that, we recognize now through clinical study that oftentimes a person who is lacking particular nutrients will desire particular food items that contain those nutrients. And we don't necessarily know it, but that's how we'll feel. Why am I saying all of this? Because Harambam is pointing out a very important point. He could have come at this in any way. And what he is saying is, is that this is fundamental to human life, that without it, we are nothing. And what is it? Nutrition. And so, according to Harambam, Rabbi opened the Torah Shabal Peh and through the Mishnah with Zira'im because Zira'im is the staff of life. And that without that, we can do nothing. There's nothing that we can do. Now, understanding that, you know, of course, as human beings, there are various levels, right? As Maslow points out, again, you know, there are various levels in which we can do things. Once we are able to have food and we have that base of the pyramid fulfilled for us, well, we can have appetite. And when we have that, we can eat for various reasons, or we can have goals, various goals as to why it is that we do eat. We can eat just because we have the appetite for eating, or we can eat recognizing that my my uh, engaging in nutrition, right? My gaining of nutrition allows for me to serve God. And if you were to ask Karambam, he would say, well, that's the, the highest purpose. That is why really we should eat. And so I brought here for you a halacha in Hilchot Derod Peregimal, halacha gimal, Harambam says, if a person is dealing with oneself in a healthy manner, Right, concerned with one's health. If a person's goal in maintaining and cultivating health was simply to be able to have a healthy body and you know uh, nourished and well well supported limbs, and that was it. Or that he wanted to have children and engage in procreation in order that he has children to be able to help him out. Enzo derech Harambam says it's that's not a good idea, right? We're over here. Rather, says Harambam, yasim al libo gufo shalem vehazak. Rather, a person should have in mind to have a strong and healthy body, right? Healthy, healthy phys- physical condition. So that his soul can reside in a healthy body and therefore be uh, focused. And straight in being able to know God. Because as Harambam says up here again, right? You are not well nourished. You are not in good health. You cannot serve God. And he repeats that here in El Chodderot. Because you simply cannot study appropriately and, not, and begin to understand and gain wisdom if you're unwell. You're, you're suffering with pain. So you get the idea here, right? The point here, I'll bring it back in a moment, but just to, to, to deal with this, right? The point here clearly is that, number one, we have to be able to understand is what, what are the foundational elements of our lives? Well, one of the most prominent and important foundational element of, 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 of life on this planet is that we evolved around our, our energy sources. We need to be able to have energy. 
which is basically what we're doing when we have food. When you look at calories, right? You're looking at the calories of food. What you're basically looking at is the is the level of energy that this is going to provide you. Now you have good good sources of energy and poor sources of energy, but we're not going to get into that. The point here is that the energy is the fundamental foundation for our capacity to be able to do everything. And if we are not well fed and not well nourished, the bottom is taken out from under us to be able to do anything at all. So now we recognize that, so that it's, it's fundamental and it is so central to our lives. Our minds are constantly on that. So I've said many times in the opposite of this, if uh, we, are to, we do not eat, right? If we, if we, for whatever reason, are restricted from eating, most of our consciousness is around the fact that we are restricted from eating. So when the hachamim want us to remember something, they tell us not to eat because they know that is the surest way to keep our attention. So don't eat before you say Kiddush. Don't eat before you light Hanukkah candles. Don't eat before you search for Hamet. Don't eat before you pray Minha. Don't eat be- and so- before you say Abdallah, and so on and so forth. Right? Why do the Hachamim keep doing that? Because they know that if they want you to pay attention, they, should t- they tell you, don't eat. Because if you're not eating, you're wondering why. And this is the same thing with a fast day, right? So people think, oh, it's so hard with the fast day. You know, I, if, I, if I was able to eat, I would pay more attention to the issues of the day. Would, no, no, you would not. No, you would not. You would go around about your life very regularly. The fact that Hachamim tell you not to eat on a fast day keeps one very clear thing in your mind. It's a fast day. And you can't get out of that, right? Say, okay, I realize it's a fast day. Well, if you were allowed to eat, well, you would probably forget that it was a fast day or that it was a day of calamity or that it was a day that you had to be concerned with and so on and so forth. So that's what the Hachamim do. Why do they do that? Again, because they understand the absolutely foundational nature of sustenance for us in our lives. So you can see what I'm getting to, right? Because this is something that is so foundational to our everyday, it is something that our minds are focused on regularly. And another thing, when we are well sustained, when we are uh, when we are well, we, we have good nutrition. We believe that we can conquer the world. It's very easy for us to feel that we are absolutely full and strong and capable, and uh, and we forget that our our vulnerabilities and weakness. We miss lunch, and all of a sudden we realize, you know, we're not as strong as we thought we were which is why fasting even for one day is such an issue for us. So that in our minds, right, recognizing the second point that I bring from Harambam is very important because what Harambam says is that it is very easy to eat simply in, simply because you feel that you need it. And your only reason to eat well is to make sure that you're healthy. Well, that's, that's okay, but it's not the only reason that you should have in your mind. This is This is... Remember that we are in a regular joint endeavor with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, the Jewish people. The foundational element of the Jewish people is Brit. We are in covenant with God. And that, that frames everything that we do as Jews. And we must never forget that. So what Harambam is pointing out is, yes, a Jewish person can eat in order to be healthy, but that's not a good way to live as a Jewish person. 
The right way to live as a Jewish person is to be able to eat so that you're healthy in order that you should be able to come to know God. Because you can't know God if you're not healthy. That's the goal. right? And all of that is just a question of the framing. You with me? Good. So understanding that, we can now look at the one biracha that is mentioned in the Torah. Because the one biracha that is mentioned in the Torah is all about this. And that one biracha, as I said, of course, is the birkat hamazon. So let's have a look. So the Torah tells us in Devarim, Het Yod Yod Aleph, Be'achalta, Be'sabahta, Be'rachta et Adonai Elohecha. I pronounce that carefully so that all of you hear it. Don't pronounce it incorrectly because if you pronounce it incorrectly, it means something else. It's not ve'achalta v'savata v'berachta. Don't say that. It's ve'achalta v'savata u'berachta. Right? When you have eaten and are satiated, you are to bless. Right? The Lord your God on the land that he gave you, the good land that he gave you. Again, connects back to the land, which connects back to the Brit, which is the whole basis for the entire thing. Now, why? Why should we say this bracha? The Torah tells us explicitly in the next pasuk why we should say them during the bracha. Why after we eat are we meant to bless? Are we meant to speak blessing to God? Right? And we'll have to understand what speaking blessing to God means, but again, why? The, the, the answer is here. The next Pasuk says, Beware after lunch when you are satiated. Lest you forget the Lord your God, because you will, because you will feel so strong in yourself, so autonomous. So empowered. Once you've had your turkey sandwich, that you will forget me. And when you feel that strong, and you do end up thinking that you are the God, which is a a very easy risk to fall into, it will lead to libelti shemor mitzvotav mishpatav hukotav you will stop keeping the mitzvot because you will feel empowered to live your life as you at the center, you as the God. You'll forget the mitzvot, that I, God, am commanding you today. So the entire, so the one beracha, right? The one beracha that is mentioned in the Torah is very clearly oriented. The point of it is in order to be able to maintain consciousness on our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch And why then specifically? Because when you've had a good lunch, you can conquer the world. All of the vulnerabilities are forgotten. And that's the reality, that's the truth. Again, just to drill the, the point home, it's the reason why the Hachamim tell us not to eat when they want us to remember something. Because we just can't handle it. All you need is a slight missing of your nutrition. But you've got it, you're, you're a god. We all are. That's the way that we run. So the Torah is very sensitive to our psychology and gives us a beautiful biracha. 
Because at the end of the day, Moshe Rabbeinu says all of this. And at the end of it, he says, I'm saying this to you because it's good for you. It's not good for you to think you're the God. The human beings can't handle that. So it would be helpful for you to remember me in those points. So please, if you've eaten and you feel satiated, which is why satiation is part of the mitzvah. Right? It's not just you eat, say the Baruch. No, it's eat and satiate. That's the Mitzvah Deoraita. That's the Halakha Ma'aseh. Right? In other words, not just an ounce of bread or a kazait of lechem. That's the Rabbanan. The Hachamim say, listen, say a Berkat Amazon if you've eaten a kazait of bread. Torah doesn't say anything about a kazait. Torah doesn't say it not, not because Torah mentions kazait, right? All of this, all of the shiurim, all of the measures that we have are halachal Moshe Misinai. That's not the, my point. I'm saying that the Deen Torah is not on kazait. The Deen Torah is on Sbi'ah. It's on satiation. And that's the Deen. That's the halacha till today. When are you obligated when you've eaten and you're satiated? You're not satiated, but you ate a kazait. What difference does it make? You're obligated either way. It makes a huge difference. Because if you've only eaten a kazait, and you are not necessarily satiated by that kazait, but have a requirement from the hachamim to say berkat amazon, and there's another person at your table that has eaten and is satiated and are required to say berkat amazon, the rabbinically required individual who ate the kazait cannot fulfill the berkat amazon by saying it for the other guy. You follow me? In other words, if one person is obligated in Berkat Amazon midrabanan, and another person is obligated in Berkat Amazon midoraita, the drabanan obligation cannot fulfill the deoraita obligation by saying the Berkat Amazon out loud for the for for the individual, which we're allowed to do under certain circumstances, right? Say beracha for everybody. Everybody listens, follows. It says amen, fulfills the beracha. But if you're not obligated in the same way, then you can't do that. You need a deoraita to be motzia deoraita. Very important. So why am I saying? Well, because the mitzvah del right is It's satiation. Why satiation? You're satiated. You're the God. You become autonomous. And that is the vulnerable moment in when we forget God. And what the Torah is beautifully saying to us, out of Rahamim, I suggest to you to say Barakha at that moment. Because you will forget me. And if you forget me, it's not good for you. So I'm suggesting this is a, an opportune moment to focus on your, your, your thought on the Kadosh Baruch. So what we recognize over here is that the nature of Biracha as presented in Torah is to give, to speak out our recognition and attention to Kadosh Baruch Hu, that what? That he is the source of whatever blessing we have. It's important to recognize that as well, right? When we say Baruch Atta Hashem, people make the mistake of thinking that we are blessing God. No, we are not so presumptuous that we should have the capacity to bless God per se, although that's not out of the question, as we'll see in a moment. What we are doing is we are speaking out and recognizing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Baruch. In the same way that we would say, Rahum Ata, Hanun Ata, right? We would speak to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you are merciful. You are pardoning in kind. You are Baruch. It's the same Mishkan, right? You are the source of all blessing. 
you provide blessing. Rahumata hanunata baruchata. You see, it's the same words, right? Just the, the, using the same mishka. So what are we doing with the beracha? What we're doing with the beracha is we are acknowledging that Kadosh Baruch is Baruch. Or as the Hachami might say, he's makor beracha. He's the source of all beracha. There's a very interesting and, and, and fascinating Gemara that shows that for whatever reason, and we will look into this reason, HaKadosh Baruch Hu values our conscious recognition of Him. And it's something that He seeks. Have a look at this, this very interesting Gemara. Masechet Barachot. Amar Rabbi Hanina Bar Papa. Oh, so sorry, sorry. That's not this one. This one. Okay. Tanya. Amar Bishmael ben Elisha. Rabbi Ishmael ben Elisha was Kohen Gadol. Says, Pamahad Nechnasti Lehaktir Kitorit Lifnai Vilifnim. One time I went into the Kodesh. Lifnai Vilifnim is the Kodesh of Kodeshim, right? The Holy of Holies. So one time I went to put to do the Kitorit in the Holy of Holies. Right? So he's giving this, this name for God, right? That, this vision of God that he saw. And he was sitting on an exalted and lofty throne. And he said to me, Ishmael Bini, Ishmael, my son, Barcheni, bless me. So this is a Kadosh Baruch. Hu, being uh, manifesting in a vision to the Kohen Gadol of Ishmael, saying to him, bless me. Amartilo. So now it's interesting, Rabbi Ishmael, he doesn't say, how can I bless you? No, he goes into a beracha. Amartilo. He says, it should be your desire. That your mercy should overcome your anger. And that your mercies should shine over and overcome all of your other midot. They should be the dominant midah. Of this, of course, is in Yom Kippur, right? Why is he in the Kodesh Kodeshim doing the 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 the, uh, the besamim? And you should act with your children with the midah of rahamim, with the midah of mercy. And be and extend beyond the letter of the law with them. Be broader than the letter of the law with them. And what did God do? What did God do? Shook his head. But yeah. Okay. He liked that duracha. So what does the Gemara learn from that? What, is it, what do we hear from that, says the Talmud? That the beracha of a simpleton a person who is a regular person who gives you a beracha should not be simple in your eyes, should not be light in your eyes. I mean, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is asking the Kohen Gadol give beracha, well, I mean, you know, in front of God, everybody's a simpleton. And yet it was important for him that this conscious uh, statement should be given by Rabbi Ishmael Kohen Gadol. So the Achamim say, well, if somebody who you think is simple gives you a beracha, grab it. Be thankful. Appreciate it. It's not a small thing. 
So very, very interesting Gemara. So what we see from this is that for whatever reason, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is interested in these kinds of kind of conscious uh, verbal uh, uh, presentations that we give him. So we see that the Birkat Amazon is certainly that in the Torah, because the Torah says, listen, you'll forget God. The way to be able to keep your consciousness on God is to bless him and to speak with him, right? We're talking to a Kadosh Baruch. It's not just only for our own brains, although I would I would suggest you'll see on the source sheets that I provided, I included the Sefer HaChinuch, which is, I'm not going to read through the entire thing with you because it's quite long, but if you want further study, you can look at the Chinuch and compare. Because the Chinuch does seem to have a bit of a, a different approach to it. But nonetheless, so if we recognize that Beracha is our conscious awareness of Agadosh Baruch Hu, that we are speaking Beracha to him by recognizing that he is the Baruch, he's the source of Beracha. So even Rabbi Ishmael Kohen Gadol, he starts off his Beracha saying, Yihiratzon Milfanecha, right? It should be your desire. Yeah, he's, he's, he's speaking that out to Agadosh Baruch Hu. Well, then it means in a sense, that a biracha is the only thing that we can give HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he does not theoretically have. It's our consciousness. And our consciousness is in our hands, Kavyachol, not his. That's the, that's the deal. Those are the terms of being human and being God. God does not control human consciousness. And being that God does not control human consciousness, as the Hachamim say, Hakol bidei shamayim. Everything is in the hands of heaven. Except for the reverence of heaven. Because the reverence of heaven, well, that's our awareness. And God doesn't control our awareness. And if we recognize that, the biracha is the most beautiful and important gift that we could possibly give to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the one thing, kaviachol, so to speak, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not have that we can give. How precious is biracha then? And if we recognize that as presented in the Berkat Amazon and these other points, it's extremely important. But take a look at this to drive the idea home. So there's this Gemara. In Berachot Lamedhe Amar Bihanina Bar Papa. Bihanina Bar Papa says, Anybody who enjoys of this world, without a Beracha, it's as though he's stealing from the Holy One. And from the Knesset Israel, from the people of Israel, right? a person who takes from his mother and father and says, eh, I've done nothing wrong. He is a friend to destructive people. His father, of course, is a Kadosh Baruch. As the Pasuk says, is he not your father, your maker? His mother is nothing other than the people of Israel, which is a phenomenal point. Do you hear what the Gemara is saying on that? This is a side point. It's a, it's a parenthetical point to our purposes. But do you hear what the Gemara is saying? Your mother is your people. 
your nation, Mother Israel. And that is extremely, extre I can't stress enough how important it is for us to be able to be aware of it because we scorn our mother right and left all the time. You know, all this talk about the government of Israel and what's going on there. Yeah, it's not great. No, we don't love it all the time. It's not always pretty. Watch what you say. Be careful when you criticize your people. It is a dangerous, dangerous endeavor. Beware. So this is an interesting thing. Let's go back to the opening of this of this passage, right? In the Talmud. Anybody who enjoys of this world without a berakha is stealing from God. Now, stealing from God doesn't say what we're stealing. It just says it's like we're stealing. Well, what are we stealing? And it would be very plausible to say, well, I mean, if you're enjoying something from this world that God created and put into the world without a beracha, you're stealing. Well, it would make sense to say you're stealing whatever it is you're enjoying. You're taking enjoyment without providing, uh, you know, a beracha tagadosh baruch so you're taking the thing that you're enjoying away from what is essentially owned by God. But guess what? That's not how Rashi explains the Gemara. Rashi has an exquisite perush with one word, as Rashi often does. Rashi is quite economical with his words. And so much of studying Rashi appropriately is to be able to pay close attention to why he used the words that he used. So have a look at this very elegant Rashi. Rashi says, You're stealing from God. Two words. What are you stealing? You see how exquisite that is? I don't know if you do. But it is exquisite. Why? Because everybody reading that Gemara, the majority of people reading the Gemara, will assume that the theft is the thing that I'm enjoying. I've taken it from God. And what Rashi is saying over here, no, what you've taken from God, you've taken his beracha. That is rightfully his if you are enjoying something in his world, which is simply the recognition that he has brought this into the world for you. So what is it that belongs to him? The Beracha. Your consciousness. Your awareness. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is looking for. As we can see in the next thing, right? Barakheni. He says, Barakheni. I mean, God's going out on the limb actually asking for it over here. It's why it says, So HaChamim took their cue from that one mitzvah in the Torah that we call Berkat Amazon, that is followed by Pentishkah, lest you forget. And they established Berachot. What are Berachot? They are small signals to us that we speak to God to focus our attention on Him. 100 times a day. 
small punctuated focal points. That's what Berachot are meant to be. And what are they? They're not just thanking God or blessing Him in some sense. A Beracha, every Beracha, is an offering to Him. It's giving Him something, as I said, again, that He does not have. That you can give Him. It's the most precious of things. And that is why the Hachamim say it's very important that a person say Berachot carefully. It doesn't take very long to say each word. Baruch atah Hashem elokeinu melech haolam instead of Brocham shacham shacham baruch, which is what most of us do. Hacham Yehuda Sadka was Rosh Hashiva Purat Yosef, and he used to say, Hacham Vadiya told me this. Hacham Vadiya Yosef Zatza. And he used to say, you know, when we die, HaKadosh Baruch who's going to go send a Malach to get out a shoebox from somewhere uh, with all of our broken Birachot, because they know what to do with it, right? <laughs> we say these Birachot, It's not a Birachot. <laughs> so I got a bunch of broken words. Uh, there's a shoebox here with a bunch of your broken Birachot. Maybe you could put them together, but I, we didn't know what to do with this. But nonetheless, the point is, a beracha is meant to be a clear, conscious line that we speak to focus our attention on Kadosh Baruch Hu before we enjoy of this world. And that goes in line with what Harambam is saying, is when you eat, don't just eat in order to be able to satiate yourself, eat in order to be able to be strong so that you can know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what it means to be Jewish. So these, I will say, you know, there are these birachot parties that people have that in my humble opinion are terribly unfortunate because people just go around saying birachot as though saying a biracha itself is some kind of token that every time we say a biracha, there's a token because the recital of a biracha is valuable and the amens and so on. But it cheapens birachot to a certain degree to do that. Beracha is meant to be punctuated focal points. When I come to eat something, pause, consciously say what you are aware of vis-a-vis Kadosh Baruch Hu and, and providing this to you, and go ahead and eat and enjoy. That's what a beracha is. I'm not supposed to say them en masse in kind of you know uh, industrial production. And we re- recognize that from here. So the reason why the hachamim uh, kind of laced brachot through the fabric of our days is in order to maintain focal points of consciousness throughout our day that we can pause, connect, and continue. And that's what a bracha appropriately is meant to be. And when we recognize that, they really are very beautiful and special. Very, very beautiful and special. All of the berachot, even the Hashem Kedishan Rav Zivan, about to do a mitzvah, don't do it mechanically. Hold, recognize. HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded us to do this. It's not just, you know, Jewish practice. This is what we do. No, pause. Baruch HaTashem HaKadosh who sanctified us with his mitzvot, v'tzivanu and commanded us. It changes life. It changes a whole a whole 
conscious orientation to be able to do that. So the Achamim instituted that intentionally. Drawing from what it is that the Birkat Amazon tells. And I'll, I'll point something out to you. This remarkable Gemara in Baba Matziah, excuse me, in the Where am I? Okay. And Baba Matziah. Rabbi Uda, Rabbi Uda brings a pasuk in Yirmiyahu. There's this remarkable pasuk in Yirmiyahu, Pirktet. And it says, Who is a wise man that can understand this? And someone who, who God's mouth spoke through. Maybe he can tell us. Why was the land lost? Why were we thrown out of Eretz Israel? And the end of the pasuk is Vayomer Adonai. In the next pasuk, God said, "Al It's because they left my Torah. And the Hachamim point out in, 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 in a, a beautiful insight into that pasuk that is so clear in the reading of the pasuk. So have a look at what the Gemara said. Amar of Yehuda, Amar Rav, May dichtiv mia isha hacham mia benetzot asher diber pi Adonai ravi agida al maavda aretz. Achamim say, what is this pasuk that Yirmiyah is saying? That they're asking, you know, who, who's the wise person, the one spirited by God who can tell us? Why did we lose the land? They couldn't explain it. They asked wise people, couldn't get an explanation. Asked Nebi'im, couldn't get an explanation. Which means that it, nobody knew. They asked the question. They said, let me ask an intelligent person, a person whose God is spoken to, which is essentially hachamim and nebi'im. No answer. How do we know no answer? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to answer it himself. Because the rest of the pasuk is Vayomer Adonai. God said, Because they left my Torah that I gave before them. Which is staggering. Because remember, you know, on the other kind of traditions that we have, why was the, the land lost? Well, it was either, you know, Abu Dazara. This is Yirmiyahu, remember. Yirmiyahu is not speaking about the second Beit HaMikdash. He's speaking about the first Beit HaMikdash. And the first Beit HaMikdash is Giluya Arayot Shfichud Damim, Abu Dazara, according to the Achamim, how they explain it to us. And what does Yirmiyahu say over here? It's uh, one thing. They left my Torah. And that's very different than saying the three cardinal sins, you know. It's saying that they're just their commitment to the Torah just fell apart. Now, here's the crazier thing. Now, the gloss on that, right, that they left my Torah. What does that mean, that they left my Torah? Again, Amar of Yudah Amarav, what it means is, Shilo Berachu Torah Tehila. Then say the Beracha before reading Torah. Now, it's true that the Berachot were established later, but there's a point that they're making here. The loss of Torah is the loss of a conscious awareness of the meaning of what Torah is for us. You follow me? 
Because that's what the Biracha is. All, if you look at the Biracha of the Torah, Baruch Hashem, Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Baharbanu Mikol Amim, Venatananu Etorato, Baruch Noten Torah. It tells you right there in the Biracha. He chose us over all the nations. He gave us the Torah. Does that not orient you to what it is that you're doing? Go up to the Sefer Torah, go up to have an Aliyah. You say the Berachot Torah every morning. Asher baharbanu mikol amim v'natan lanu et Torato and he gave us his Torah. That's the reality. You don't say that Berachah. Torah is a very nice intellectual endeavor. You know, how many how many tapim did you learn today? Did you daf yomi? Well, you said daf yomi. Great. So you learned the Gemara. Did it say Amara Hamana at all on that page? This Today? Yesterday? Two weeks from now, what, three weeks ago, did it say ever Amar Rahmana? You know, when it quoted a pasuk, that's what the Gemara does when it quotes a pasuk. It says Amar Rahmana. What does Amar Rahmana mean? You know how most people translate it? They say the Torah says. And that is a terrible, terrible translation because it's not what the, what the phrase means. Amar Rahmana means God said. Literally what it means is the loving one said. It's literally what it means. Because we're speaking Aramaic here, not Hebrew. In Aramaic, Rahim is Ohev. In Hebrew, it's merciful. In Aramaic, it's loving. Rahim is love. Rahimu. So how do the Hachamim refer to God when they quote a pasuk? First of all, they quote a pasuk and they say, God said this. Yeah, how, how awkward is it for you to say that in English when you're learning through a Gemara and you quote a pasuk? Harambam does it all the time. Harambam always says, Amar Barach. Blessed be he, he said. You see the difference psychologically, intellectually? Of what that does, just in terms of our study, that we say God said rather than the Torah says in some kind of cold, abstract manner. And what that does in terms of our our brazenness to manipulate Torah, forgive me for saying, or the potential for doing so. It's why the Pasuk says in the Navi, Tofseha Torah lo yada'uni. Kadosh Baruch Hu says through the Navi, he says, you know, the people who are holding Torah don't know me. They have no idea who I am. So what Yirmiyah is saying is the reason why the audits was lost was not because they were not engaged with the, the, the Torah, but because the whole value of Torah being the mode of breed, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke it and gave it, Natati Lifnehem, I gave it to them. That they lost. How did they lose it? They didn't pause to give consciousness to God before they engaged in the endeavor of studying the Torah. That's what it means, And that's all berachot. So saying ad kedekach is so important that the land was lost as a result of it. So I wanted to uh, share this with you because it is important and it is it is so much a frequent aspect of our Jewish observant lives and it's important for us to recognize the place that these things take in our lives because if we are conscious of them and we do give our consciousness to God as the Hachamim intended that we should and as, as Rashi points out as Harambam points out as the Gemarot point out as I hope they've been evident it completely changes our life and how we relate to things 
And it provides us, and I'm going to close with this, it provides us with Yeracha mind. If we do it properly. Because our mind is always on HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his relationship to us. And that is why the Hachamim beautifully say in the Gemara, if I find it here, where is it? Did I put it here? Give me a second. Oh, do I not have it here? Bear with me. Oh, could be. Let me see if I refresh it. I have it here. Yes. Oh, here we go. So Zimbabwe, come on. Amar of Yehuda. Rav Yehuda said, Hai man hasida. A person wants to be a Hasid. What do you mean a person wants to be a Hasid? A person wants to be beyond just a Tzaddik. A person wants to be on HaKadosh Baruch Hu's side, so to speak. Right? Not just you did the right thing. Good for you. No, you want a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch You want to be able to, to build your entire life around that relationship and connection. That's what a Hasid is. You are engaged in chesed. What does it mean? That's what a hasid is, right? A hasid is dedicated to chesed. Hasid means you want to be connected to the source of life and to cultivate the source of life, which is none other than HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Tzaddik is good. Tzaddik does what? Tzaddik does what? Tzaddik. He does what's right. Which is a question of right and wrong. A hasid is interested in chesed, which means that he's interested in life. He's interested in the cultivation of the life force that brings life to all things that we call Kadosh Baruch. So what is, should a person do, says the Gemara, if he wants to be a Hasid? So one thing they say, which is why they bring in Baba Kamam, you should be very sensitive in studying the laws of damages between people. Why? Because you start to become very aware of how it is that you interact and care for the lives of other people. But then there's another opinion. What does Rava say? Rava says you should learn Mile de Avot. You should study the principles in Perke Avot. Why? Because they consciously orient you to the best possible way to live. And then there's one final opinion. Amrila Mile de Brachot. You want to be a Hasid? You should pay attention to the words of Brachot. To the matters of Brachot. Why? Your consciousness will always be on HaKadosh Baruch If you do it right. So I hope that clarifies a bit the concept of Biracha. And uh, you have the source sheet. And I wish all of you, uh, you should be Mikayem the Pasuk and all of you, Veharikoti Lachem Biracha Bilidai. I should pour, I will pour out to you Birachot with no end. All right. Thank you all for uh, being on. And I wish you a uh, lovely rest of the evening. And what day is it today? Is today Wednesday? Wednesday. We're midweek, so the Arab Shabbat is uh, is is on to us. Have a beautiful end of the week and a Shabbat Shalom. Thank you so Thank much, everyone. Thank you so much, Rabbi. Okay.